Hey folks, my name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors at Clearview Community Church. I wanna thank you for taking the time to join us today. So I have a bit of a funny question for you. How many of you have a door on your house? I'm hoping everyone has a door on your home. But why do we have doors and not just a, a hole in the wall? I mean, as a family, we've been watching this show called Alone. Contestants are dropped off in remote locations, alone, of course, and they have to survive. One thing they have to do is build a shelter, kind of a makeshift home. The area they have been placed has a high population of black bears. So this week, one of the ladies built herself a door for her shelter. I know, such a big deal. We have doors on our homes because we live in a world that at times can be dangerous. And well, we also live in Canada and so the weather isn't always nice and we care about those who live in our home. So a door comes in handy for keeping those we love safe. One of my jobs, my wife Sarah calls it a blue job. This is her words, not mine. My job is to walk around the home in the evening to ensure that the doors are locked up each night. It is my job to ensure that those I love are safe behind our door. We are in the middle of a series at Clearview Church entitled, Who is Jesus? We are exploring the seven I am statements made by Jesus in the Gospel of John. In each of these statements, Jesus is declaring himself to be God. He is eternal, he is set apart. So today, Jesus is going to declare himself as the door. Some of your Bibles might say the gate. As Jesus often did, he used illustrations from the world around him to communicate a spiritual truth. And here is the truth that I have been saying every single week, I want you to get this into your hearts. All that you need, Jesus is. And we're going to see this statement to be true again today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to grab them out. We're gonna to turn to John chapter 10. And now just to give you some context here, in the previous chapter, in chapter nine, Jesus encounters a man who was blind from birth. Jesus heals this man and the city goes crazy and the people take this now healed man to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, who really don't like Jesus. And the religious leaders begin questioning the man. How is it that you can see now? And he gives his testimony of how Jesus had healed him. And now the craziest thing happens. The Pharisees get upset that this man is healed and they're even more upset that it was Jesus who had healed them. They're so mad that they actually throw him out of the synagogue. They throw him out of the church of their day. They had placed their religious rules and laws over the healing that Jesus offered those around him. Later, Jesus finds the man, and we read in verse 39, then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Once again, the religious leaders get ticked off. In verse 40, they say, what are we blind to? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Jesus takes the situation and turns it on them. Jesus uses this moment of this blind man who had received his sight and his world becoming clear as a direct contrast to the religious leaders and their spiritual eyes that were blind. 
So the Pharisees are not happy with Jesus. And this leads us right into Jesus trying to explain to them who he is. So now in John 10, beginning at verse 1, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. Jesus speaking directly to the religious leaders. They had created their rules and laws and had peddled it as the way to God. They created another way to get into the sheep pen. Jesus says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So, Jesus paints this story And in this story, you have characters. You have the gatekeeper, someone who allows the shepherds in and out of their own flock. You have the thieves and the robbers who don't enter through the gate. And you have, of course, the flock of sheep. For you and I, most of us probably aren't familiar with sheep and pastures and shepherds. But for the first century Jew, this would have been a common scene. And Jesus is trying to make it clear to those listening. He is asking them, can you see yourself in this story? In verse 6, we read, but the Pharisees didn't understand. They just didn't get it. Jesus has created a simple picture for them, and it's as though their minds are blank. So what does Jesus do? He goes on to explain it in further detail. Remember, Jesus wants them to understand the truth. In verse 7, he continues, Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you. Remember, Jesus is claiming to be God, so his statements are true for all of time. He says, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. The idea here of thieves is trickery. Maybe you've been tricked by a peddler on the street or maybe pickpocketed or a sleight of hand game you've been in the city. That's the idea of a thief. They're going to try to trick you to believe something. They want you to believe something that is false. A robber, however, carries with it this idea of force or violence. Someone who wants to take something from you, but to get it, they will use force. Verse 8, Jesus continues by saying, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The first thing I want us to understand today is this. Jesus comes to gather the sheep. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees very direct here. As the influential teachers in Israel, they should have led the people to truth. They should have put the people before themselves. They should have served God's agenda rather than their own. But 
the Pharisees, are like thieves and robbers, leading the people astray through false doctrine, prioritizing themselves over the sheep, and abusing them. See, like a robber, they would often use force and manipulation to get, to get the people to do what they wanted them to do. But in contrast, Jesus is the gate that leads to life. Jesus is saying, I am the way to safety and community. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I want you to get this. Jesus comes not to pile burdens on, but to relieve them and carry them himself. Jesus comes to lift the weight of life off of our shoulders. Jesus didn't come to bring weights of rules and religion. Jesus came to bring freedom from sin, rescue from death, safety from danger, truth from lies. Jesus has come to gather those who would follow him and ultimately bring them into the flock. But notice, it isn't a pen for one sheep. It is a pen for all the sheep who enter through the one gate. Anyone who enters through Jesus, the gate, is brought into the fold and a part of the community. They are now a part of Jesus' family and in Jesus' care. Listen, we live in a world that is becoming more isolated. We sit in a room with family and friends and everyone interacts with a screen in their hands instead of one another. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves alone. My question for you is simple. Have you found your flock? See, Jesus has come to gather his sheep together, not for them to live in isolation. Now, some of you listening online, uh, it has been great that you are getting to know us and, and it has been a lifeline for you when you're not able to gather. It has helped you maybe through your anxiety because maybe you don't feel comfortable in crowds. So I want you to hear me. We absolutely love that you are a part of our online Clearview Church family. But I want you to understand, it is extremely important that you find yourself in a flock. It is important that you live in community with others together with God's people. Maybe for you, you need to plug into one of our online small groups. Or even better, you need to attend one of our five weekend services. So listen to me. Nothing good happens in isolation. God calls us to moments of solitude, yes, moments of spending time alone with him, but isolation is often used as a tool of our enemy, Satan, so he can deceive, where he can lie, and he can destroy. See, Jesus comes to gather the sheep. So my question is, are you a part of his flock? The second truth today is this. Jesus comes to save the sheep and defend them. Jesus is saying that I am the access point to safety, security, and abundance. In first century Israel, if a shepherd was out in the wilderness, they would construct a pen, maybe make it out of a pile of stones and make some walls, and it had one entrance. They would move all the sheep into the pen, and the gatekeeper would actually lay down in the entrance. So the shepherd, the caretaker of the sheep, became the gate itself. This would prevent wild animals from getting in and thieves from stealing the sheep. For someone to hear that Jesus is the door, they would have got it. Jesus has sheep under his care. He is their protector. He is the access point, the entryway to safety and security because sheep left to themselves get themselves into trouble. 
they wander off and die. They get caught by wolves. See, the Bible uses the illustration time and time again of people, of us, being sheep. We're not always the smartest creatures, and left to our own ways, we tend to get ourselves into trouble, and we drift away from God, our shepherd. You know what happens to a sheep that is left in the wilderness? I've already said this. Well, it dies. That's the harsh reality. Isaiah 53, 6 says this, All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. If the Lord laid on him, speaking of Jesus, the sins of us all. Jesus says to each of us, you have gone astray. You have left God's paths. You have followed your own way. Your way leads to death because your way ultimately leads to sin and separation from God. But I have come to be the way in which you can be saved. However, you must enter through me. You see, many people will tell you that there are many ways to God. There are many paths that lead to eternal life. There are many doors that you could potentially walk through and experience eternal life and experience heaven. Jesus doesn't give that option. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the door you must enter through. You must enter through me to be saved. Here's the thing about Jesus. He is extremely inclusive. Anyone can be saved. He walks, he welcomes everyone. And I know about you, I like the sound of that. But Jesus is also exclusive. See, he is the only way to enter heaven. All those who say otherwise are, as Jesus says, thieves and robbers. And that isn't very popular in our world today. A shepherd would lay in the entrance to prevent the sheep from wandering off where there would be wolves and they would be devoured. And he would also prevent enemies or the wolves from entering the pen. There was life with the shepherd. Here's what I need you to know. Here's the truth. This world is dark and it can be a dangerous place. We live in a world where not everyone has your best interests at heart. And so you and I, as I've already mentioned, have doors on our homes. And here's what Jesus is illustrating. The shepherd pen is God, the Father's house. Heaven is God's home. God, the Father's house has a door. Not everyone gets to enter into God's home. Only those who enter through the door of Jesus Christ and have a loving relationship with the family are able to come into God's home, which is heaven. Now, some of you, you don't like that. But I would say to you, a good and loving God has to put a door on the house out of his love for the family. If you don't, if you don't like that or think that God should allow anyone into the house, here's my challenge for you. How many of you, if someone were to come up to you and say, well, I hate you and I really dislike your family, but hey, can I come into your house and live with you? What would your answer be? Well, the answer would be no. I don't need to pray about it or anything. The answer is going to be no. Of course not. You wouldn't say that. Well, God says, if you want to be in a relationship with me, I'll forgive you. I love you. I will adopt you. You can come in and be a part of my family. But if you are not a part of the family, I can't let you in because I love the family and only those sheep who follow my voice can enter. Jesus comes to save and save the sheep and also to defend the sheep. The third truth, third truth today is this. Jesus comes to heal and feed the sheep. See, Jesus says they will come in and go out and find pasture. 
What good would it do to save a sheep from the world around it, only to put it in the pen and never let it eat or drink? Never let it experience life. It would ultimately starve and die. We can see it's not God's plan to bring us in and lock the door behind us just to leave us there. Becoming a follower of Jesus isn't locking our doors and never going out again on a Friday night. He has so much more for us in store. Every single person I've ever spoken to knows there is more to this life and this world is not matching up to it. It falls short every time. We need bigger hopes and brighter dreams and something beyond ourselves. We need life. And for sheep, it is green pastures, which is food and water. Sheep come into the pen through the only door, the only access, where there's safety and security. But the shepherd doesn't leave them there. He does much more. He leads them out to pasture, in and out, in and out. A place of safety and abundance and a place where he provides for them. Verse 10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, they may have life and have it to the full. Some of your Bibles might say to have life abundantly. Who was Jesus already called thieves? Well, he's called the religious leaders, the Pharisees thieves. There is a compare and contrast taking place here. See, religion kills and it steals and destroys the freedom and life that Jesus offers. And Jesus says, but I, I want to give you a better life, an abundant life, a life free of religious weight, a life in a relationship with me. Now, when we read this in our culture, there can be a danger here. We read the word abundant and we immediately can think of things. We think Jesus has come to give me more stuff. Hear me clearly. Abundance is not stuff. Stuff will not make you happy long-term. It is all temporary. Sure, you might have gratification in the moment, but that is not the abundant life Jesus offers. This fullness of life Jesus offers is love. It's wisdom. It's grace. It's joy and hope beyond us and beyond our world. So hear me, none of us deserve this life that Jesus offers, but yet he has come to give us an abundant life in him. Why does Jesus gather the sheep? Why does he save the sheep? He does so to give them life. And as you hear me today, you should be asking yourself, if Jesus has come to gather the sheep and he has come to offer security and salvation, he has come to offer life, what voice am I listening to that is not providing all that? Am I allowing things in my life that will rob and steal and destroy me? Folks, Jesus has come to gather the sheep and save them and defend them. He's come to heal them. He's come to feed the sheep. And he does so because he loves the sheep and they belong to him. But all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us, we wander away from God and we follow our own paths. The result is separation from God because of sin. But Jesus has come to bring us back to God, to bring the wandering sheep home. This is proven and accomplished by the fact that Jesus will ultimately give up his life for the sheep. He will die the death we deserved, the sinless for the sinner, the guiltless for the guilty. And maybe you are listening and you would say, I don't follow Jesus. Jesus is saying, 
God's eternal kingdom, heaven is a home. See, we are living on this earth. Maybe you are asking, well, how do I get from this earth to this eternal home? The answer is you have to pass through Jesus. He is the door. He is the threshold. And right now, some of you are being enticed by other doors that promise pleasure. They promise fame. They promise gain. But in the very end, those doors lead to death. Here's the truth today. There are only two doors, a door to life and a door to death. There's not a third alternative. The door to death will uh, present itself in many different ways, many different forms and many different systems. The door to life is one door. It is one way. It is one God. It is Jesus Christ. The question is, are you following Jesus? Do you belong to Jesus? Are you a part of his flock? Have you passed through him into that relationship with God? What door have you found yourself entering? And maybe you would say you are a follower of Jesus. Here's a question. Are you a good sheep following the shepherd? Verse three says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. See, Jesus doesn't just call us once to begin a relationship with us. He calls us over and over and over to continue the relationship and to lead you. He speaks to us through his word, through the Bible. He speaks to us through prayer. He speaks to us through other followers of Jesus in wise counsel. See, however, many people don't make this a part of their lives and so they wander from the flock. And so, and, and as often the case, they begin to listen to other voices. We begin to listen to the culture and we begin to listen to critics and we become isolated. And we are vulnerable to other voices. And then what often happens is we run back to Jesus when our life is a mess. And Jesus welcomes us back. But the wise thing would be to not leave the care of the shepherd. So my question for you, are you a good sheep listening to the voice of the shepherd? Maybe Jesus is calling you back to a closer relationship with him today. Why don't you join with me as we wrap up in a word of prayer. God, I thank you that you are a loving God. I thank you that you call us, you reach to us, that you rescue us. Jesus, I thank you that even though we are like sheep and we are prone to wander, you are good and extend your grace to us. Jesus, I thank you that you are the door that leads to life. My friends listening today who aren't a part of your flock, who haven't yet said yes to following you, I pray they would ask you to lead their lives. They would acknowledge their need for forgiveness and you would lead them into a fullness of life. And for those who do know you, God, help us through the power of your Holy Spirit to hear your voice, to follow you, and allow you to lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you, my friends. Thank you for joining us. Once again, reach out to us if you have any questions. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great week. Take care.